Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Formula One on One podcast. The 2022 Bahrain GP just finished, and unfortunately for me, it was a very, very bad race. Sash, what are your initial thoughts? Justin, you know, last week in our Formation Lap episode, we said that something fun was going to happen at Bahrain. Bahrain always gives us an incredibly exciting opening race. I don't think we could have had more like DTS inspired racing, right? We had Leclerc being almost like three seconds clear. Max Verstappen undercuts him in the first pit phase. Then we get all of this drama at the end with Pierre Gasly's car catching on fire. Then we get a a late safety car in the Middle East with a Red Bull in second on soft tires, right? Like it just seemed like everything was coming back to give Max Verstappen another incredible win. But Justin, unfortunately, I know Red Bull, they had four cars powered by the new Red Bull powertrain. Three of them didn't finish today. And obviously we'll get more into that. But, you know, Justin, all things considered, Ferrari won too. They seem to be absolutely back. Lewis Hamilton on the podium, you know, death taxes and a Lewis Hamilton podium. We'll say it over and over again. I, I know you were saying it in the formation lap episode and that he somehow always manages to get on the podium. And for the most part, it's, it's just because he was in the best car for so many years. But like the fact that he made a podium today is just so disappointing because we saw up until lap 55, we were following behind the, like the safety car for a while. And then around lap 50, the safety car came in and we knew Verstappen had some issues with steering. We knew that he was complaining about something on the radio. Something was wrong. They thought they were going to have to pit. Luckily, they didn't have to. And then all of a sudden on lap 54, he's coming down the last straight and no battery power at all. No power. He has to pull his car off to the side, retire early. Then two laps later, Perez is defending from Lewis, goes into turn one. I don't know what happens, but he ends up spinning out. He's out of the race. And so neither Red Bull finishes after it looks like a potential P2, P4. Have a little fight at the top with Ferrari. Now they're entering next weekend. No points in the bank. Absolutely none. Yeah, I think it was a very unfortunate weekend, very unlucky weekend for Red Bull, all things considered. You know, they definitely drove a lot better than what the results are going to indicate. And, you know, hopefully they can take the next week or the next few days between here and Jeddah and really figure out what went wrong with their engine. I mean, obviously, it wasn't just the two Red Bull cars. Obviously, Pierre Gasly's AlphaTauri was adversely affected by, you know, what seemed to be an engine issue. The engine or the back of the car caught on fire. So maybe there's some larger issue with the powertrain. But, Justin, I think we can jump into some other general talking points about this race. Man, Ferrari look absolutely incredible. Yeah, Leclerc pretty much jumped out right away. He was, what, eight and a half tenths up after the first lap. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a really tough race for everyone else behind them. And, I mean, he maintained that the entire race pretty much. Was was there any point where anyone was ahead of him? Oh, Verstappen was ahead of him for like two laps after turn one. And then Charles Leclerc immediately took it back on like two, three, four. So no, not really. I mean, they, they were just completely dominant the whole way through, even when, uh, they had, I believe it was the first pit stop, yeah. uh, where Paris went on to mediums signs went, uh, back onto another set of softs. And it was, it looked like Paris was going to maybe catch up to him. They end up pitting at the same time, yeah. uh, for their second pit stop signs goes on to mediums. Paris is on softs, but he just, he can't catch up to Carlos at all in any capacity. And then eventually those softs do drop off and, and signs had a pretty clear shot at third. And then obviously, like we were just mentioning, Max just completely loses it at the end of the race, bumps him up in, into P2 and, and gives that Ferrari. Like, I, I don't even know. They're, 
the, that car just looked so good. And obviously it's only the first race, so we can't be like too into this, but wow, that car looked unstoppable today. I mean, we even heard that one uh, radio call from Leclerc's engineer where they were like, oh yeah, don't worry. Verstappen's tire degradation is much worse than yours. So they weren't even worried at any stage of the race, yeah. it felt like. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the closest anyone really was to Ferrari, it was after that first pit stop where Verstappen pitted, I think it was one lap earlier than Leclerc did. And there was about a three and a half second gap between Verstappen and Leclerc. And then they were racing on Leclerc's pit exit about a lap and a half later. So outside of that, it really was just a Ferrari or at least a Charles Leclerc pretty dominant display. You know, we know what he is capable of. He's won races before. He won twice in 2019, obviously. 2020 and 2021 were pretty unlucky, pretty down years for Ferrari in terms of, you know, individual performances from him. But, you know, I think one thing we should just kind of tangent on for Ferrari is that so many of their cars that use the Ferrari engine looked so good this weekend. Obviously, we had the main Scuderia Ferrari P1, P2, Kevin Magnussen in a Haas, who we'll discuss a little bit later, was in P5. Valtteri Bottas in the Alfa Romeo in P6. You know, these Ferrari cars looked really, really good as compared to, Justin, I think the Mercedes-powered cars, they did not look great today. I mean, they didn't look great, but at least they crossed the finish line. I mean, like we were saying earlier in the race, like the bottom six cars all at this point are all Mercedes-powered. And then at the end of the race, the reliability of the Red Bull power unit just looked completely gone. There was none. Pierre Gasly's car caught on fire. Max's car stopped working. Sergio Perez's car stopped working. So I don't know if that's a reliability issue. Obviously, like small sample size, but it's not looking that good. And then, like you said, we know Haas isn't historically a fast car. Neither is the Alfa Romeo, but what? Bottas P6, Magnussen P5, and then both Ferraris on top. I mean, you have to be looking at the power units here when you're looking at these results. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, there was a chance where Justin, both Haas's were in the points at that, at the start of that safety car period. Then we know Mick got overtaken a couple times and then Mick actually just ended up missing out on points P11. So, you know, it feels really bad for him that he missed out on points by what was pretty much not that much of a margin after the safety car. But, you know, I think all around, if you're a Ferrari customer or if you are Scuderia Ferrari, you are going out of this weekend, you are leaving Sakir this night or tonight with the biggest smile on your face because this year it looks like it's going to be very fun for you. You know, Mercedes, Justin, I think they looked very, I don't want to say inconsistent, but they looked kind of all over the place tonight. You know, they obviously started in what, P5 and P9 tonight. They ended up in P3, P4. But, you know, that is un- that is a result that we should note is a outcome of, you know, both Red Bulls not finishing and Pierre Gazzi getting out of the way and, you know, obviously good driving, but there were other factors that played into it. And I, I think it's really interesting. You know, we saw Lewis Hamilton. He pitted for hards, I think, on his first stop or his second stop. Really then, early as well. Yeah, very early. And he came out of the pit lane. He went into turn one. It looked fine. And then he just started sliding everywhere on that run from turns two into three into four. And there was, there was a period of time he was racing the Haas of Kevin Magnussen. And, you know, I think there is a lot, I think this, this race is going to be very, or this title race, both constructors most likely and drivers potentially is going to be very close because as of right now, it looks like Charles Leclerc and, you know, Max Verstappen are the two fastest drivers and their machinery is living up to what it should be. And Carlos Sainz is going to be right there as well. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to kind of touch on, cause you were mentioning Lewis's first pit stop is what was the pitch strategy today? I had 
no idea what was going on. Like teams were making three stops and then we had the safety car and then I didn't know what stop we were at. And we heard Carlos signs even before the safety car, like, Oh, let's think about this three stopper. Like that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I think, I think last year Bahrain was a two stopper this year. We were hearing, you know, it might've been more tending towards the harder compounds of tires because the track temperature was hotter just before the race started. And then we started hearing, okay, like two stops seems pretty normal for a place like Bahrain. And then we heard, I think it was Carlos Sainz's radio halfway yeah. through the race. And his engineer was talking about a three stopper. And we, Justin and I, we looked at each other, you know, we watched this race <laughs> together. We looked at each other and we were very confused because a three stop race is not something we are used to, especially in dry conditions. You know, sometimes you get those rain races where, you know, at the end it starts to rain and you need those, that third stop for intermediate or wet tires. But, you know, a three stop dry race, I think is, is crazy if pit strategy comes into these races as much as it did today, I think, again, just another reason we're going to have a very fun season. Um, and, you know, I think this is just a great opening race, honestly. Like, I don't know how much more we can go on and on about it. Yeah, and just speaking of pit stops, obviously pit stops are pretty important when it comes to the outcome of a race, especially when someone's like X amount of time behind. And normally we know about how much time someone's going to lose on the pit stop. But uh, we we kind of noticed that all the stops seemed a little bit slower than they were last year. Last year, we saw a lot of times between like 2.1, 2.4, like 2.5 was considered like good enough last season. But now I feel like they were all at least half a second slower. We saw yeah. like anywhere from like 2.6 to 3.2 seconds, which obviously when you're in that close of a race with someone, that extra time is going to matter. Yeah. I mean, obviously we, you know, pit stop tenths are very, very important. And we saw, you know, Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, you know, sometimes wavering a few tenths in the pit stop as a result of what their crew's work was. But, you know, at the end of the day, obviously Charles came out with the win, but I think it's just very interesting to see that how much these new regulations and these new cars have really changed a whole lot of aspects of racing. I mean, even today when we were watching, you know, sometimes we would get the driver cams on the Sky Sports feeds and we could see that these drivers, these cars are able to follow a lot more closely through those corners. Yeah, you know, definitely. We saw that downhill S section. I think it's turned six or five into six into seven, that downhill S section. And we saw cars following pretty closely. We saw a couple wheel to wheel, you know, incidents there or not incidents, but wheel to wheel racing moments there. So I think that is great. You know, obviously DRS looked very strong. You know, we saw Max Verstappen down the main straight, down yeah. the main straight. He would be six, six and a half, sometimes seven tenths down on Charles Leclerc. And then he would just make it all back with that DRS. And it's crazy to think, Justin, that this year we're talking about Red Bull being probably the fastest car in a straight line as compared to what the Mercedes straight line merchant was last year. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's just there's so much going on. And I think another important thing to, uh, another important thing to talk about is our predictions that we made on <laughs> Thursday, our predictions that we made about a week and a half ago in the season predictions episode. I think those are all out the window right now. You know, we talked about is Lance Stroll going to score points here? And then we saw the Aston Martins and how poorly they performed. You know, is Yuki Sonoda, you know, he did score points this weekend. So they'll, they'll, I'll take those points. But, you know, obviously Max did not win the race. You know, I think there's just a lot going on. And Justin, you know, another thing I want to talk about, and I think this is a good way to segue into our pick up the pace section or category that we give out, or we will be giving out every week after races. What happened with McLaren today, man? Yeah, wow. Talk about just 
dropping the ball. I mean, we had Daniel Ricciardo start P18, Lando Norris start P12, so already way lower than we imagined they were going to be, and they finished in, what, P14 and P15? So Ricciardo ends up finishing ahead of Norris anyways, but wow, what a nightmare of a race. I mean, we saw that they started on mediums. They were the only two cars to start on mediums out of anyone in the whole race. So we, I guess my thought behind it was they want to be able to run longer than these cars that they think are slower around them. So that come pit phase, they can just pass all these cars during the pit phase, build a gap ahead of them so that when they pit, they come out ahead and uh, achieve the overcut. But it did not look that way at all. I, I jokingly texted to some of my friends that the the best race that was happening on the screen was Latifi versus Ricardo because there were times where Latifi and Ricardo were really going at it. And that's not what you imagine when you see McLaren. I mean, we saw last season, how good they were ended up finishing P4 and sure they dropped off towards the back half of the season, but to come into this season, looking like the, the brand new Haas, I mean, Ooh, it's gotta be tough. And we were saying that this Mercedes power unit does not look as good as the Ferrari one. But the McLaren should not be this low. I mean, they finished behind Alex Albon. Uh, they finished just ahead of Nicholas Latifi, so sandwiched between the two Williams. But that's not where you imagine Mercedes, uh, not Mercedes, that's not where you imagine McLaren is supposed to be. We were expecting them to fight for points, fight for podiums, not not, not even coming close to scraping towards the points. So this is just an abject failure of a weekend by them. Um I mean, I, I would almost even say add Red Bull to pick up the pace because they need to figure out a way to get their cars across the line. They looked like they were getting P2 and P4. And look, they're ending ending the weekend in last place in constructors. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just crazy to look that like, you know, Justin, we were discussing during the race that why is Daniel Ricciardo racing Nicholas Latifi for P19? Now, obviously, he finished higher because of the Red Bull, you know, DNFs, but the fact that McLaren, we are even having this conversation, you know, we obviously discussed in our constructor preview for McLaren and Ferrari that Ferrari, they clutched up at the end of the 2021 season. They were obviously building up a lot. McLaren, they had a bit of a fall off, you know, ended up in P4. But Justin, right now, the way it's looking is that McLaren, something happened in the off season and their fall off has just been a cliff, not even a cliff. I don't even know what you could say. Like they've fallen off the edge of Mount Everest at this point. And Ferrari... They didn't win once last season, one race into 2022, and they already have a one-two finish. So I don't know how much more, you know, positive stuff we can say about Ferrari, but McLaren, man, they do absolutely need to pick up the pace. Well, let me let me take you to a short, short view of the past, Sash. 2018, <laughs> um, Ferrari wins the first two races of the season, and then Sebastian Vettel wins the th- oh, wait, no, no. I forget. Can you look up 2018 races? I know that Ferrari win the first two. And then I think Daniel Ricciardo wins for Red Bull. Um, But, you know, it's obviously very early in the season. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. So Vettel wins in the Ferraris for Australia and Bahrain. And then Daniel Ricciardo wins in China at the third race. And Mercedes didn't even win their first race until Baku. So obviously we shouldn't take too much um, I guess inspiration from this first race about how the end of the season is going to look, because obviously we know things can change very quickly, very rapidly. Who knows? Mercedes might make a comeback. They might figure out a better way to use their power unit, which I guess they can't really do at this point, but it, it is still too early to tell, but let's, let's talk about those predictions we made in the formation lap episode, because, uh, we both said Charles Leclerc. No, no. I said Charles Leclerc would be the pole sitter. 
you said Max Verstappen, so that's 10 points for me. But then we we both said that Max would end up winning the race, which yeah. is unfortunate because he DNF'd, which absolutely <laughs> shafted us. I, I also had him in my fantasy team, yeah. so it really killed me. Um, but then our final question was, will Yuki Tsunoda score any points? Yeah. Uh, and then we had bonus points for what place? Yeah, so we I predicted Yuki Tsunoda in a P9 finish. Justin, you predicted a P11 finish. Yuki Tsunoda did, in fact, finish in P8. So he did score points, and I was obviously closer to his points total, so I will take 15 points from that question. Yeah, so from the formation lap episode, that's 15 points for me, 10 points for you. And then I know in our initial season predictions where the bulk of our points are going to come from, we were asking, as one of our true or false questions for 10 points, if Haas was going to score any points at all during the season. I said false, and would you look at that? I'm already proven wrong. That's already 10 free points for you. So it it's going to be hard. I kind of have a hill to climb up here. But moving beyond predictions, let's let's give some awards out for this race. Driver of the day. I feel like we're going to say yeah. the same person. Driver of the day here it, has to be Charles, it's Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no one else. I mean, he blistered through qualifying, qualified ahead of Max by nearly three tenths. He was ahead of Max the whole race. Max didn't even cause him any issues at all. And that's besides the point of the reliability issues. So we know this Ferrari just went absolutely insane there today. If I had to pick a second driver of the day, I'd go with Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. I mean, I thought he already outqualified the Haas and by being in P7. And even if the Red Bulls didn't end up leaving the race early, he still would have came in P7, but they did. So he ended up slotting himself up into P5. I think that puts... Um, Haas actually P3 in the constructors right yes, now, which is which is absolutely insane. And Red Bull obviously in last because both their cars DNF'd. So there's there's a long way to go in this season, but I, I'd say at this point, Charles Leclerc gets driver of the day for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think also with our second pick for driver of the day, Kevin Magnuson, what a return to F1 after a year's hiatus. What a return to form it would seem for Haas, you know, Magnuson obviously P5, but you know we can't discount Mick Schumacher, who I think finished in P11 or so. I think this is an amazing showing from Haas. You know Mick will obviously be a little disappointed to finish just outside the points, but again, I think this is a very very positive start for Haas. I think this is a positive start for a lot of teams. So Justin, like you said, long season ahead, but a great first race. Justin, our next award, Brad of the Week, guys. If you remember Brad of the Week, this is going to be our funny moment from the weekend and this we this moment might not be a little funny but it's not funny for me but you thought it was funny yeah so. it was it was really it, i think it's funny in a very unfortunate sense you know max verstappen sergio perez even pierre gasly just performing well through what was pretty much 75 80 85 percent of the race pretty much 95 percent of the race for the main red bull drivers and then all of a sudden the red bull power trains power unit decides to fail on three of them imagine like entering the weekend being like, oh yeah, Yuki Tsunoda is going to score the most points of any Red Bull powertrain this weekend. Yeah. And if you had told me that I would have laughed in your face despite picking him to finish in the points. But you know, I think it's just Red Bull. You got to go to the drawing board. And I hope that Red Bull, this is not an entire engine that they have to toss out. Maybe for Gasly it is because he's caught on fire, but <laughs> for Perez and Verstappen, you know, if they have to take another engine at Jeddah, obviously they're not going to face any penalties at Jeddah. But if they, if that comes into play, you know, later down the line in the season, when engine penalties are almost certainly going to be a thing, you know, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez having to take an extra engine or an extra power unit entirely, 
it could impact constructor standings, could impact race results, could impact driver standings, and that is not a position you want to be in if you are Red Bull racing. No, and obviously I, I have to agree that they get Brad of the Week. I mean, it's just a massive screw-up. Not I don't even know if it's like you can blame the team. Like It's just really unfortunate that three out of their four like cars powered by their powertrain ended up having a DNF probably because of the powertrain. So it's going to be pretty difficult going into Jetta next week like and trying to trust your car when you're looking at, I don't know, just looking around you and seeing that everyone else powered by the same thing is getting absolutely destroyed right now. So uh, next, I think we can go into our weekend podium where instead of having a driver's podium, we have a kind of top three drivers of the weekend despite what place they are in. And we compiled this list together because we are actually recording together. So in P3 for the weekend, we have Valtteri Bottas, which is kind of hilarious that he's in P3 yet again. But he ends up finishing the race P6 uh, where he qualified, which is absolutely great because he's not in a Mercedes anymore. He's in Alfa Romeo. And, you know, he's continuing his streak of Q3 appearances, which is absolutely absurd. And as we just talked about this Ferrari power unit is absolutely insane, but still it's Alfa Romeo and we were not expecting them to be where they are. Yeah, I think this is a very positive performance from Botas. I mean, obviously, you know, yesterday on Saturday after qualifying ended, there were a lot of jokes on Twitter, a lot of things on social media, you know, Botas showing up in his finest livery to the Mercedes funeral after he out qualified George Russell and was on the same row as Lewis Hamilton to start the race this morning. Um, I think Botas obviously showing why Alfa Romeo have given him a multi-year contract. You know, it is just one race, but I think this is going to be a very surprising Botas season. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be in that P1, P2, P3 search for, or consistently even. But I think in terms of being a strong midfield driver, unfortunately, for lack of a better machine that he's driving, I think Botas is going to show us some very, very positive results. Um, so yeah, I think that's P3. In P2, we mentioned it earlier, Kevin Magnussen. Again, what a return to F1. This guy, you know, obviously he had the bad luck of driving the 2020 Haas car. You know, that had its own trials and tribulations. He was obviously let go by the team along with Roman Grosjean at the end of the 2020 season. The Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin duo came in. Obviously, we know what happened with Nikita Mazepin being replaced by Magnussen just after the Barcelona test. And, you know, Magnussen, he came out just completely out the gate. We saw what he was able to do. He put that, you know, that Haas into P7 while his car had a hydraulics issue. Then he was driving in a consistent P7 today, which even on its own would have been a very, very strong result when we consider where Haas have been for the last two, two and a half years. But, you know, he ended up in P5, scored very good points for his team. And I think, you know, Kevin Magnuson, what a drive, what a race. And, you know, we're obviously hoping for more because F1 is better when more teams are competitive. Yeah, I like that Haas is up in the points again, especially just because I want to be able to support an American team and not be like, oh, look at them, P19 and P20 again. What an improvement actually being a part of a race. I mean, like they last year were legitimately, I didn't even like think about them at any point of the race because they were just so far behind the competition. But now I'm glad that we're going to get to see Mick actually battle people. And, you know, he falls short of Kevin Magnus in this time. So it's going to be interesting watching that throughout the season. So that Haas battle, I'm kind of excited to see if they get better throughout the season. Maybe they drop back. Um, but I mean, what a great start to, uh, to the weekend. And for P1, top of the podium for this weekend, we have it written as Charles Leclerc for getting the Poland win. But I think I want to change it and give it to just Ferrari as a whole. Yeah. Because last year, there was only one 1-2 finish in Monza by McLaren, which does not look like it's going to happen this year. But 
Ferrari starts the year just on an absolute like tear. Yeah. They get P1 in Charles Leclerc. They get P2 in Carlos Sainz. I'm pretty sure one of them ended up having the fastest lap. So they end the first race in first and constructors with, I believe, 44 points. Mercedes is in second, obviously. I think they have 27 now. Yeah. 27 points for Mercedes. Haas P3 at 10 points. And then the rest of the order, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, Alfa Tari, uh, with 9, 8, and 4. And then with 0 points each is Aston Martin, Williams, McLaren, and Red Bull. So certainly not what we were expecting at all coming into the season. But yeah, congratulations to Ferrari. It's it's going to be exciting for them this season. They're going to be really fighting for wins. And maybe Charles Leclerc is the next WDC. And again, way too early to say anything. It's only one race, but... Wow, that car looked fantastic on the track today. Yeah, I think there are a lot of positives, and obviously we've had a lot of it's only been one race, but kind yeah, of moments yeah. here. Obviously, it's great that we are excited for racing to be back, you know, first time in what almost three months that we've had a Formula One race. So that was obviously amazing to watch. Seeing a team like Ferrari who have struggled, I guess, in their own sense for the last two years, now be back at the top of F1 winning races, being very, very competitive, very strong is a great thing to see, you know, just to run down the drivers. Obviously, this weekend, the drivers' standings are now reflective of how people finished this weekend in Bahrain. But Charles Leclerc is at the top of the standings with 26 points, which 25 of those come from his race win, and one point comes from the fastest lap. Then we have Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, and Kevin Magnussen rounding out the top five for current driver standings. Obviously, these standings will become more and more relevant after we get multiple races underway, but that's where we are right now. Guys, our next race is the 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix in Jeddah. It is actually a double header to open the season, so next Sunday will be the race. We will have our Formation Lap episode sometime later this week, so keep an eye out for that. As always, if you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at F1on1pod. That's the number one both times on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Have a good one and see you next week. Peace.